exciting things coming um, <laughs> to Broncos country after the season. Unfortunately, we have to first <clears throat> get through a game in which the Broncos might not have a kicker or punter. Yeah, I think the C is also for contingency plan, as in they need a contingency plan at kicker or punter better than right now what they appear to have, which is hoping that Kendall at least... Kendall. Yeah, they, well, really, Sam Martin was also a college kicker at App State. And Brandon McManus was a college punter at Temple. So it's like they're hoping one okay, well, if we get one of them back, then boom, we got our we got our guy. So but they need a better contingency plan than that. And uh C is also for conceding, as in all the can the Broncos just basically concede this game and move on. No, Let I think I think say. the C is I think the C is clearly can't have a contingency plan. And I love that that's the way the Broncos are rolling. I can't wait to talk about it. Hey, I, sometimes I you got to skydive great. without a parachute. You know, yes. you got to feel alive. I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> yes. no. Bad advice. You, will, Bad feel, advice. you <laughs> will feel alive for a few seconds there. And then you will feel very dead. Yes. Um, I just, I love, like, I love the idea of just chaos this weekend. Like, See, like, chaos. The, there you go. Yeah, there we go. The, the Broncos are going to lose by 100. Like, it might as well at least be something interesting. I'd like to see Brandon McManus hit a punt. I don't know, something I want to see in an NFL game. Uh, that's, you know, that's what's going to get me to show up on Sunday. Um, Sunday. If you show up on Sunday, it's going to be an empty oh, stadium. Yeah, well. Uh, there you go. Really? Saturday. I, I'm going to mess that up at least seven that could times. Be, uh, that could be may, – maybe they told Pat Shermer the game's still on Sunday, and he's going to show up and be like, what? Uh, Pat, this is – we got to tell you. It's your time yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah you, show, you, you showed up at the wrong place. Come on down to the office and uh, bring your playbook. <clears throat> Pooch punts, I'm in on that too. I feel like Drew Locke could hit a good punt. We, uh, we saw Tom Brady. Uh, you keep saying hit a punt. That's uh, that's very not like punter of you. Kick, kick a punt, would, right? No, I think you can. Like, well, I lived with a punter, and like, uh, when oh. when, he, when he had a good, like, when he had a good punt, he said, like, oh, I, that was a good hit. I got that one. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but uh, I don't even know where. The, oh, didn't Tom Brady uh kick a punt against the Broncos uh back in the day? He did. It was a. Uh, it was at the end of the toward the end of that playoff game, right? Uh, the yep. Tebow playoff like, game. Yep, that was like maybe the most embarrassing thing of that game. Yeah, it was, was a qu- the Pats just saying, "Ah, we're beating you so bad, we're gonna have Tom kick one." It was the rare quick kick. I mi- yep. I, I I missed the quick kick. We used to see it a little more often than we do now. Randall Cunningham, remember him? One yeah, AKQB one that I Eagles was great at that. One that I want to see more of is when they line up for a field goal 
and then just direct snap it to the to the kicker and he punts it. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. No, no returner. Oh, they could have yeah. all, you know what? They could have always done that with, uh, you know, with, with Sam Martin here. I mean, I don't know why they would, I mean, Martin's got that rugby style punt that he likes to do. I we mean, got a, perfect. We got a quick super chat. I want to hit here. It's from Alex Ungerman. He says, I usually listen to the podcast at 1.2 X speed. So here's some money for a couple of espresso shots. So y'all can sound how you normally do to me. Love the show. Great job. <laughs> hey, look, I just got a fresh coffee. I'll down it for you. I'm and, I'm uh, trying iced yeah, tea here. I, I mean, one too. and 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 Alex, you never have to worry about me talking fast. I can do that for you any day, my friend. And I mean, are we are we jumping into this conversation right now, guys? Yeah, let's jump into it. First, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver, msudenver.edu slash online, the presenting sponsor of the DNVR Broncos podcast and the best place to go if you're looking to work a full-time job and further your education. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. So check out our friends over at msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, man. I mean, the the vibes are great today, guys. And uh, the Broncos really started it off yesterday when, of course, the news came down that both Sam Martin and Brandon McManus were going on the COVID-19 list. I thought, well, shoot. Not only is that their starting kicker and their starting punter, but that's their backup punter. Brandon McManus would be their backup punter and Sam Martin would be their backup kicker. And I thought, oh, boy. This is not good because, as May said earlier, the Broncos are just relying on hope. They're crossing their fingers saying they could get back by Saturday. Let's hope that happens. And then when I saw Mike Kliss tweet later in the night that the Broncos aren't going to have a contingency plan, they aren't going to bring anyone in, my oh shoot went to, oh yes, this is fantastic. And I thought, I mean, the Broncos are – are making a joke of this themselves by doing this. And sure, you're going to go for it every fourth down. You're going to go for it for two points every time. I absolutely love that. But then what the heck do you do with kickoffs? You can't avoid that. And yeah, and not only kickoffs, onside, I mean, onside it. But what, what do you, okay, think of it this way. The unlikely, the unlikely possibility that you need a field goal to win or tie in the last moments, right? Like somehow you've played them closer than anybody expects. It's twenty three twenty, and you can't kick because you don't have a kicker. That's why uh, you need somebody to kick. Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton can kick. Oh, he's got to um, be right. I mean, he's got to be your emergency guy. I mean, I don't know. There's maybe there's some there's somebody on the team did in the past. Like back in the day, Warren Sapp was the Bucks emergency punter. Because he'd done it in high school. Right. I mean, there was a dude who played, uh, there's this uh, kid who played for CU. He actually spent a little bit of time with the Ravens in the NFL. His name was Stefan Nambot. And what is his roommate? No, this dude, a big dude from Africa, probably like six, eight, six, nine, over three bills. And when I watched his high school tape, included on the tape was that he was the kickoff specialist for his team. And it was just <laughs> mm-hmm. so amazing just seeing Did this he send absolute beast. Well, he yeah. just toe-punched everything. Right. So he just like got that big body moving and just toe-punched it out of the back of the end zone every time. It was so awesome. I mean, what a way, guys. I mean, it honestly feels like the Broncos are in on the joke 
of what this last game is. The first 18th regular season or 17th game that the Broncos have ever had to play. And it just seems like they're, they're, they're wanting to laugh along with everyone. And could you imagine if Tom McMahon's final game as special teams coordinator is without a punter, without a kicker, and he's honestly sending like a defensive tackle? I mean, I feel like Mike Purcell would probably be that guy for the Broncos doing exactly what, what Ryan was talking about, just toe-kicking it with 330 pounds behind him. I mean, this would just be the perfect way for, for this to end. So uh, you just made me realize what's happening here. Um, Vic Fangio finally fed up with Tom McMahon after this last week, beside himself. Tom McMahon comes up into his office and is like, hey, Vic, uh, Brandon and Sam got COVID. Like, uh, we, we, we need some help here. We, we need to go sign someone. And Vic, obviously, George Payton's in there, too. And Vic's just like, nope. You get, you get nothing. You get nothing and you'll like it. Uh, I, I, our team will be better off if I never have to use any of your units. So we're going for two. We're going for it on every fourth down. And on kickoffs, we'll just kick it out of bounds because at least they can't take it into the. Oh into my the end zone. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that if they want me to. I'll just, I, I can, I can kick it out of bounds. I can't I, I do think, much, but I can kick it straight to the sideline. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't give myself ten out of ten confidence that I can mm-hmm. kick it directly out of bounds every time. Well, the key is, I think, like you, you leave nothing to chance. Like you, you put the ball on the tee and you angle it toward the toward the sideline. I think that's where what if I don't you catch do too much tee though, and it just pops. Well, straight up? That, that's the thing. Like you'd have to kind of practice it very carefully. But I've done just enough of this in my life to where. If you, I could, and I would probably just do a straight on kick rather than a soccer style on this. I just do a straight on toe bash and just send it flying into like the, the, the first row. Here's the thing though, yeah. is if you mess it up, it could just be a really good onside kick. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's, yeah. the, worst, that's the worst thing. Well, you, you tell yeah. you, what you do is you tell everyone to be, pre- be prepared for the unexpected. Right. And the other thing right. is also, I saw a lot. I think this onside kick recovery has been a little bit better this year. It's been down in recent years, but uh, after last night, it's nine. It's it's nine of fifty three for the year. So that basically means that uh, one out of every six onside kickoffs gets recovered. So if you score enough points here. They're they're kicking off like two times. Maybe. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Someone in the well, that's because they can't get field goals because they're not, yes, exactly. they don't have a kicker who can kick field Wait, goals. But actually, this worries me just a little bit from a Broncos winning the game standpoint. Like, if the Broncos are going to potentially win this game, it's because they go for like sixteen fourth downs and convert seven of them. And those drives actually survive and they score, you know, enough points mm-hmm. to win. Like, like in a normal game, I would give the Broncos no chance. But in a game where they just don't care about anything and go, you know, uh, go for every single fourth down, go for every single two-point conversion, some weird thing can happen. You know, there's that uh, coach, I think, in Texas who goes for every fourth down, every two-point conversion and an onside kicks every single time and they crush. Uh, well, yeah, Arkansas, right? For the onside kicks, though. Oh, yeah, right across the border there in Arkansas. Well, well, no, that guy actually went and coached college football for this year. Oh, I forgot about he that. He went, God, did he go to, like, Presbyterian or something like that? And then it didn't It didn't work? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, Kevin Kelly is his name. 
And he was one and done this year. They at fired Presbyterian. him? He went, they went two and nine. He stepped so, down for personal reasons, but the personal uh, reasons are that you went two and nine, probably. That sucks, man. Like, he needed some more time to implement his system. Yeah, they 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 won. The, by the way, I'm looking at their their season right now is hilarious because they won their their um their FCS non scholarship. So they're in the same conference as Kale super producer super producer Kale's alma mater, Drake University, mm. and the Bulldogs. They won their first two games, guys, by a combined score of 152 to 46. What happened? Oh the next game they played, points a game. they lost seventy-two nothing to Campbell, oh, and they the lost camel. the the Fighting Camels of Campbell University, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, and then they that was the start of a nine-game losing streak. And this is the, these are the point totals they gave up in that nine-game losing streak: seventy-two, sixty-three, thirty-eight, seventy, a nice sixty-nine, fifty-six, sixty-five. 57 and 54. They averaged wow. over 50 points per game. <laughs> Given up, yes. Wow. <laughs> and then, oh the, my God. and they, and almost all of them were blowouts. They lost one game 38 30. They lost one game 65 to 55. This oh my God. Me, why wasn't uh, I watching this team? <laughs> this doesn't give me good hope for what's to come on Saturday, guys. No, the team that what, doesn't that's what you get... want to happen. <laughs> oh yeah. boy. I mean, th- this honestly just feels like a joke. Like they're making a mockery of this final game. And it, it does can, seem like I mean, this it... could be. Sorry to interrupt. It does seem like this could be. Vic Fangio's final, like, F you to the, to the COVID police, you know, yeah. like on his way out. Like, I could, don't you think that could be like a thing that he's thinking like, uh, this is, you know, this stuff is so, I can definitely see him being like behind the scenes thinking it's so dumb that they're, you know, even getting tested and this, that, and the other. This I is just don't know. Awesome. How, how could, how could George Payton, the guy that is the final right. decision maker for this, who's, who is going to be here next year? How can he support this? And, and here's the thing. The Broncos are hopeful that these guys will be back because they tested on Monday. So they have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and so they could be back on Saturday for the game. There's a chance if they test out before they could be back earlier. But guys, let's open our eyes here. Yay! And just what happened with the let, 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 let's look at what happened with the Broncos right now. Mike Purcell could have tested out of COVID before this past game. You know what? He did not. So they did not have him. He he was in the five day window. He could have. They did not. The Broncos were supposed to get a lot of guys back on that five-game, five-day window yesterday. You know how many guys they got back? Zero. So what they should learn from themselves right now is that they cannot count on it. So it, it, they are either just they're closing their eyes, hoping that that something happens, or they are just saying this F-U. is going to be fun. Let's go. F-U. Wait, um, what's the rules on how long someone has to wait after you sign them? Uh, if you sign them from the street, it's also a great question. I, yeah. I don't know how. This I was just thinking. Game. Oh, worst comes worst case scenario, they'll just sign someone on on Friday night. Um, but that it, I don't know. I don't know if they have to like come in and do testing. Like, yeah. what's the last day they can? This is crazy. I mean, um, to me, okay, yeah, to this me, is, this is an opportunity. At least at punter, though, they should re-sign my guy Max Duffy. 
Oh, uh, yeah, they should resign your guy, Max. They should yeah. resign. Yes, absolutely. They should bring uh. your guy in without a doubt. And th- that's the thing is there's no downside. How many times do we see them, them bring a guy in for three days and then they get him. their guys back and then they cut him? Oh, my goodness. The downside <laughs> is they got to pay him like 10 grand. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, this is, We've reached our quota uh, for the year for kicker and punter talk just in this segment. Especially so. in the first segment. Yes. Uh, so quickly, I want to open up this conversation and we'll, we'll end up probably finishing this conversation in the second segment. Um, but they're not going to they're They might be resting their starters at kicker and punter. Um, should the Broncos be resting their starters at other positions? Zach? Well, I say I say no, because what do you have to lose until I remember? what just happened uh, with Michael Gallup down in Dallas. And I feel so bad for him. He tore his ACL. It was revealed yesterday and he's a free agent, man, that just, there's no other way to put it. That sucks so bad for him. I feel so bad for him. And so that makes me think, okay, well, that could happen to a Bronco this year. And I, and I'm touching, I'm touching wood right now, but that is something that could happen. And there's some injuries like Dalton Reisner. He's not going to play this week because he has a, uh, a an elbow injury that's going to sideline him for three weeks. So that's not an injury that you have to worry about affecting him next year, but there are injuries that can impact the team for next year. And guys, what is this game? It's a meaningless game. So why would you risk your stars, especially a guy like Cortland Sutton, who is coming back from one of those tears this year. Uh, just get, give him the week off. Don't don't put him out there. Jerry Judy, that ankle probably is still not 100% from suffering that injury earlier this year. Put him on the side. Roll with the Kendall Hintons, the Fulgums of the world. Uh, and Pat Sertan, you've had a fantastic rookie season. There's just there's nothing to gain, gain here, especially... Mm-hmm. If you are going into this game with no starting punter, no starting kicker, and you're not signing anyone, you're telling me that it really is meaningless uh, and and it doesn't matter what we put out there. So, yes, do not risk these guys. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I go down the list and say Ronald Darby got a ha- got a hamstring issue set out last Sunday. I don't want to run the risk of him making it worse and creating a, an injury that lingers. You know, Draymond Jones has been has been playing with a foot injury the last couple of weeks. Hey, you know, thanks for what you've done, Draymond, but we're going to get this uh, get this done get this done without you, Shelby Harris ankle. I mean, you you can just go down the list and uh, Bradley Chubb uh, dealing with a shoulder injury in addition to being on COVID. Kenny Young coming back from a concussion. I mean, I I would just go down the list and say if there's any doubt, and yeah, that that probably includes Drew Locke with this right shoulder injury that he had to take a shot on Sunday in order in, in order to get through the game. If I don't I don't want to run the risk of making him worse especially since yeah. at minimum he still might be in your plans at least as a backup quarterback next year. Uh, no, I wouldn't run the risk. All right guys, well <clears throat> I have the devil's advocate response to this. Um, okay. and I'll give that to you in a second, but first I got to let you guys know. Come down to the DNVR bar and try out our new chicken sandwich. I'm not kidding you. It is one of the best chicken sandwiches you can get in Denver. It is so good. Got the chipotle aioli on there. Plenty of pickles, which is always uh, one of the best parts for me. It's so crunchy and crispy on the outside. Uh, It's awesome. I can't believe I waited so long to have it. It's been on the menu for like two and a half weeks, and I just had it for the first time on Sunday. Uh, So come down there. Check that out. 
wash it down with the Breck brew, uh, hang out, you know, watch the Nuggets, watch the Avs, and uh, watch the Broncos this weekend uh, at the DNVR bar. Yeah, and make sure to get in on the action over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where this week to celebrate the start of the playoffs coming up in the college football championship game, they're giving you $200 in free bets. All you have to do is place a $5 bet on any NFL team or any college team to win. And if they win, you get $200 in free bets on top of your winnings right there. And that is such a great way to roll into the playoffs and start your account over at DraftKings Sportsbook with those free bets. I got to tell you, that helped me explode my account when I signed up. And of course, you can get on same game parlays. You can get in on the Broncos for one last time. You can put some parlays together for Sunday because Sunday, man, it's going to be all football. We're going to be talking about some coaching changes, but we're also going to be able to sit back and watch a lot of NFL football. So make sure to get in on the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Download their top rated sportsbook app and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this sign up offer. Of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Also get it on everything over at Breckenridge Brews. It's a new year. Uh, maybe you're not going through a dry January. Maybe you want to have some beers to kind of warm up these cold months that we're having right now. And if that's the case, check out everything that's available from Breckenridge Brewery. You can still find Christmas ale on, on store shelves, at least here throughout Colorado. But uh, getting into the new year, maybe you want to have a little bit of a fruitier beer. So check out at Strawberry Sky. My personal favorite of course you can find that at a lot of places in colorado and beyond to find where you can get some of those delicious breck brews go to the breckenridge beer brewery beer finder that is at breckbrew.com slash brew hyphen finder i'm looking at it right now and uh, literally of course i'm here in uh, dtc but literally i'm looking and seeing dozens upon dozens of places within a very short drive i can get breckenridge brews but you know what you can usually find places Wherever. Let's say we're looking ahead to the end of the month, Senior Bowl practice, Mobile, Alabama. Are there places with Breg Brews? Damn right there are. I see places popping up all over the place. And that's just shows you how you can get that taste of Colorado, that wonderful Breckenridge beer, wherever you go in this country. You're probably not too far from some place that has some of those delicious Breck Brews. So check it out. Go to the, the beer finder. That's breckbrew.com slash brew hyphen finder and find the nearest place to you where you can get some of those delicious Breckenridge beers. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. All right, guys. So let me preface this with saying I 100% agree. In fact, <clears throat> my list of players that wouldn't be playing probably goes beyond what the Broncos could even potentially do. Um, without like signing a bunch of guys, uh, which if that's an option, sign me up. Just sign any street free agent you need to and rest any player who has any sort of value to you in any sense. With that being said, this game has meaning on the NFL scale. And while I do not care about that at all, there are unwritten rules that exist in football between coaches and owners and the respect for the game that I think will prevent the Broncos from being as aggressive about this as I would like to see them be. I essentially think what you'll see from the Broncos is they'll sit down anyone who's questionable, anyone who's banged up. Um, you might see like a Cortland Sutton added to the list just because he's coming off of a significant injury, not at a hundred percent. 
But because of the unwritten rules that exist and the, the fact that this game matters for NFL seeding in the playoffs, I think you're going to see the Broncos want to have respect for that. Well, okay, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Devil's Advocate, explain uh, to me the punter and the kicker situation in this. And the other thing, their hands are tied. There's nothing you said you also said owners in that. Broncos are getting new owners uh, one way or the other, right? So yeah. what's the what's the the motivation here? And the other thing is, I I get what you're saying, and I think ultimately, while we kind of joke about it, they, they will not kind of reach an extreme of sitting everybody of value guys who are healthy and of value will end up playing, but it doesn't stop them from making the Akib Talib business decision yep. that he mm-hmm. did in this similar game at the end of the 2017 season when Kareem hunt is just rampaging through and clearly Akib wants no part of tackling. I wouldn't want Akib to tackle Tlaib. in that weather either. Or, or cream hunt, pardon me. <laughs> and so he kind of he 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 showed. Uh, I, I guess I don't want to say hurt. unwillingness, but saying, "Hey, I'm I'm out on this." And then uh, the the rest of the game belonged to a bunch of uh, a bunch of young cornerbacks whose name that I can, names I can't even recall right now. I'm sorry to say, I'd have to yeah. look it up. The only thing I really remember about that game is D'Angelo Henderson scored a touchdown. And Zach and I had been ba- pounding the table for that mm-hmm. all season long, and then we were vindicated, um, yeah, by him getting a touch and taking it to the house, and so that was that was nice. Was the other thing I remember yeah, that, is that felt good. Demarius Thomas had a, the late Demarius Thomas had a touchdown catch from Paxton Lynch. Remember Paxton's last throw as a Bronco was a <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, oh, I remember and, yeah. Brandon Spano was at the game and he was sending me pictures of his beard that had frozen over entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got to be cold to do that. Oh, yeah. Some of the Broncos who played extensively that game, DeAndres Mount, ah. Zaire Anderson, yep. Gerald Garcia-Williams. Oh, Brandon yeah. Langley even had a tackle. How about that? Oh, he was moving forward, I assume. Yes. Oh boy. Uh, and then remember the Chiefs nearly blew that game. They brought yeah. they just put Patty back in. Yeah, because Tyler Bray came in. They they were ahead so far in a throwaway game that they benched the that they benched the quarterback who was just trying to kind of get him through the game. And then Tyler Bray, who just got signed by the 49ers, by the way, as an emergency quarterback, was so bad that they had to put Mahomes back in there for the last possession. And and they benched uh their, they were just using Anthony Sherman, their fullback, as their yeah. running back. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, so embarrassing. And that, that, of games that like comeback. This, Yes. Oh, Speaking you, of games like this, I was I was reminded last night, uh, late in the season before the Joe Burrow draft, Andy Dalton led an insane comeback against the Miami Dolphins that included like an onside kick, a last second touchdown, a two point conversion, all to tie the game yeah. and send it to overtime. And the Bengals ended up losing in overtime. Had they won that game. No Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Wow. Wow. And they wouldn't be getting to see the special Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase combo. Do we need enough evidence, any more evidence as to why it's wise organizationally to lose once you're out of it? I mean, exactly. right there. And, and can you imagine, like, Andy Dalton, who I, I assume isn't necessarily beloved in Cincinnati, like having one last <laughs> dagger on them that he... Hmm 
won the game that stopped them from being able to get their franchise quarterback. Um, it, anyways, just crazy. Um, I, I do think, though, that the Broncos will feel a responsibility just to not bench everyone. Um, but I fully endorse every single player um, hurting their hamstring on the opening kickoff or ensuing plays after that. <laughs> I'm, I'm right not there with hurting you. Them. And- just acting like they hurt him. Right. Right. I mean, right, that, right. That's, e- that's easy to sell. You just kind of point to the back of your thigh like, oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, you're done. <laughs> Uh, so what what's what are our, what are your predictions on who will play who won't play like are you guys think are you guys um against me on this do you think the broncos will follow what what we think they should do and and bench a lot of guys no absolutely not look uh it, it it's uh it's a game where they want people in the seats and vic is also coaching for something so i see coming from top down them saying uh, we want to play to win this game. And on top of that, like you said, Ryan, it, it's a nationally broadcast game. It's the first game of the week. Uh, people are going to be watching, especially because it's the Chiefs. So they don't want to get embarrassed on national television. And Vic is fighting for his job. And yesterday, Vic did say, we're going to treat this like a normal game. We're not going to try to develop players in this game. So, no, they're not going to take our cards. Maybe they should try to develop, though. Because some of the guys that they, they had to put out there last week uh, or, or two days ago against the Chargers, I mean, like Jonathan Harris got thrown out there. He looked good. He did. Micah he did. Kaiser he did. had a terrific game. And see, I, I do see some of those guys playing because of what Ryan said. I do think they yeah. will take some precautions with some questionable guys. The past, like, three weeks, we've seen the Broncos' questionable list come out to nearly double digits. There's, like, ten people on the questionable list, and I think every week, like, nine or more have played. Uh, I think it's going to be more so like 50-50 this week. Yeah, I think it'll be closer to 70-30 not playing um, off of the questionable list. It just only makes sense. Um, and again, yeah, you should you should get a look at, you know, a longer look at Caden Stearns. And, you know, um, you should play Nate Hairston and you should do these things. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I worry that they're not going to do as much as I think they should and you just cross your fingers you touch wood you do anything you can to hope that no one suffers a serious injury in that game Um, because it is meaningless for the Broncos in fact the only meaning for them is to lose and get a potential better draft pick but you know what worst case scenario if you lose is the 11th overall pick that's pretty darn good that's pretty darn good in considering the fact that you were in it just two weeks ago that you then go from being in it to a number 11 pick, which in most drafts ends up being a very good player. Unfortunately about this draft, and of course you can still get a very good player. Unfortunately about this draft, I think there's a pretty steep drop off out of like the top five. Um, But still, you, you know, it's a really valuable asset to have. It's a number 11 pick. If you need to trade it for a quarterback, it sounds good on paper as a return uh, for, you know, those other teams. So uh, you, you want to lose and you don't want anyone to get hurt. That's a, that's valuable to you. Of course, you don't want anyone to get hurt at all, but you really want to protect anyone who is on the proverbial lifeboat. Yeah. And that's, and that's funny. You mentioned the like the draft right now, number 11, but Washington playing the giants on, um, on, on Sunday here and Bronco lost. Washington's going to be favored to win that game. And, 
and and oh by the way the giants uh, you know the giants you don't you know they're they're sitting at 4 and 12 they're out of it but if washington wins you're picking 10th right there no other result you're in the top 10 and it's sort of a visceral thing but uh being able to sell a top to potentially sell a top 10 pick if you're trying to get a quarterback that's an that, that's a valuable asset right there we always talk about top 10 picks versus non top 10 picks right so yep. that's something that, so if, if results break a certain way, picking 10th, very realistic. Yeah. What, what is the scenario? What is the highest they can get? Zach, I know you've looked into this. Yeah, they, they can get up to seven. So last week it was six this week it's seven. And of course, guys, that includes a Broncos loss. And the good news is Vegas and DraftKings is saying that should happen. They're 10 point underdogs right now at home. So it tells you, you know, it should be over 10 points if it was on a neutral site. Uh, and then, of course, you need the teams below you, the, the four or five teams below you to win. And each win that those teams get, you move up one draft spot. All right. Well, there you go. So you really, I mean, seven is probably unrealistic. You know, we talk about the parlay that you would need to hit to get that. Um, but getting into the top 10, not unrealistic at all. Again, that's a huge benefit for the Broncos. And and, and, and even if it's not, an, like you're not going to get, a, in my opinion, a Pat Sertan caliber player at number 10 this year. It's obviously on the table, but it's not nearly as likely as last year. I thought it was a pretty well-balanced draft in terms of top talent across the top of the board. It's still a lot better than, you know, dropping down to 13, 14 um, and missing out on, on, you know, that type of pick. Um, Agreed. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, that's the best case scenario for the Broncos is to lose this game. They should they should rest the starters, um, and the only thing that that I guess you consider also is like is there a Vic Fangio, uh, Gary Kubiak moment where he's like, this is, if this is going to be my last game as a head coach, I want to win it. Or or yeah. last game as a head coach, I'm going to go out going for an every fourth down. Maybe he's already decided to have his Kubes moment. And just say, hey, no kicker, no punter. We're gonna go, we're gonna go for it every time. I would we're, love it. All, uh, all all these analytics people say you should go for it on fourth down. We're gonna test. Uh, we're gonna test that premise, maybe to try to make the analytics people look bad. Did you guys? Speaking of kind of crazy uh, situations, do you guys see? I think it's if the Colts lose to the Jags this week, which isn't gonna happen. But if that happens, then the Raiders and the Chargers will both make it into the playoffs if they tie with each other. And since they play the night game, the final <laughs> game, they'll know going in. Now, it's it's unlikely that the Colts are going to lose. But if that happens, why would either team do anything other than just tie? Because what's better than winning, beating, winning, getting yourself into the playoffs and knocking a division opponent out of the playoffs? losing the game because you tried and you lost and then you're not in the playoffs. There's just no way. Like uh, there's no way either coach would agree to that deal. Like uh, football coaches have way too much, way too much pride. Brandon Staley, a rookie head coach has the opportunity to get into the playoffs. You think he'd pass that up? Rick's rich Bisaccia, the guy who is trying to take it as an interim head coach, take the team to the playoffs and secure a job for the future. You think he would pass up the playoffs? Oh, let, let yes. me just say, I, I think 
that if they did just take knees for 60 minutes there'd be it, fines out the wazoo it would be boring and awesome all at once it would be terrible oh, to watch it would be terrible you know, to watch but we would football? never forget it yes <laughs> yeah. i mean the the league would be uh, would be apoplectic roger goodell might have a stroke at that point and there's I mean, no chance no chance neither side would agree to it no player would agree to it they all would want to win the game and knock out the other side. Now, I mean, there actually was an instance in sports where something similar happened. Like it, and I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, forty years ago in the World Cup. Okay, that's yeah. different. But go ahead. And, but this is, but this is also the origin of why you usually have teams playing for this for something that play at the same time because the there was an earlier game that meant that if West Germany beat Austria by one or two goals both West Germany and Austria advanced. So the Germans got their goal within 10 minutes, and then the rest of the game, they just basically kicked it around, occasionally lobbed one downfield, crowd whistled, booed, threw stuff on the field as a result. But because of that, the next World Cup, when you had two te- you had, you had four teams in a group, they kicked off at the same time, which is kind of the genesis of what the NFL does now, which is where they manipulate that weak Eight, now wait teen schedule to have teams fighting for the same thing kick off at the same time. That's why, for example, you've got the Saints and the 49ers going at the same time on Sunday. Yep. Well, they messed up here, didn't they? Yeah. They uh, <laughs> they should they shouldn't have let uh, the Chargers Raiders be the night they game. Didn't Ryan, think, I mean I I, yeah, I, they didn't think I don't that. think it's going yeah. to happen, yeah. but it would be it would be something it would be incredible in the best and worst way possible. Well I mean all this like the whole th- the whole structure of week 18 the reason why Broncos Chiefs on Saturday is this was one game where they could play it and it didn't affect whether anybody else had anything to play for or not. Because believe like like the Bengals can still move up a seed line, the tight even if the Chiefs lose, uh the tight the, the Titans still have to win. Right. So I'd like to be just a fly on the wall in those planning meetings. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Um or maybe I could just, you know, call in on my Mint Mobile phone. Um, Mint Mobile, the absolute best way to get mobile coverage at this point. Uh, what they did is they realized how much money all of these other mobile providers are wasting on having in-person locations. You know, real estate all over the world these places are paying for. And who pays for it in the reality? You do. The consumer pays for those places where Mint Mobile just said, hey, how about this? Let's all get the best of both worlds. We won't waste our money on stores. You won't waste your money paying for us to have stores. Everyone saves money. It all works out. Mint Mobile, you could save, I mean, upwards of $100, maybe even more on your mobile coverage. You can get plans starting as low as $15 a month. Uh, All of us have used this. The coverage is great. You're getting, you know, the data coverage. Uh, you can get unlimited data. Uh, it's just a great, great deal for my friends over at Mint Mobile. The way it'll work is they'll just send you a SIM card in the mail. You put that SIM card into yours, take out the other one, boom, you're on Mint Mobile now. And right now, you can sign up for a three-month plan and get three months free from our friends over at Mint Mobile. So check them out. Uh, all plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network use that code dnvr to get three months free when you sign up for three months from our friends over at mobile to uh to get ready for this podcast today i checked out our friends over at manscaped and don't worry i'm not going to get too graphic with this one 
I whipped out the weed whacker and took it right into my nose and got my nose all cleared up. And the great thing about mint or about manscape is the weed whacker. You can put it in your nose and it's not going to cut you one bit. So many nose hair trimmers are awful. Not only do they not work, but they also hurt you. So it doesn't do anything except for hurting your nose, but no, not over at Manscaped. The Weed Whacker does a fantastic job getting in your nose, getting all those hairs. You can even use it ears. I don't have those yet, fortunately, but it'll help with those as well. And that's just talking about above the belt. Below the belt, you got to check out their Lawnmower 4.0, which comes with that advanced skin-safe technology. So again, you don't have to worry about getting any nicks. It just glides smooth and does the job that you need it to. And of course, Manscaped has so many other products, including their shampoo, their body wash. They have so many other products for below the belt as well, including Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, Ball deodorant a little spritz as well and you can get them all in the perfect package 4.0 for your perfect package and you can get them all 20 percent off with free shipping by using the code dnvr over at manscaped.com so check them out at manscaped.com for all of their products you'll get 20 percent off by using the code dnvr also check out our friends over at ball at ball.com of course uh ball is the company that makes jars but also the company that specializes in aluminum including this cap that i'm or this can pardon me that i'm holding right here it even says i i can i probably can't get it on camera here ball aluminum cup got this over Mace, at a lot of people Stadium. Are, uh, are not happy with the fact that you're drinking out of that cup on this show because it's because it's got a chargers logo right well you know yes. what exactly. i have a collection of cups from around the nfl that I've, that i've called over the years i always like to stop and get a souvenir cup i celebrate the entire nfl and i want to give credit to sofi stadium and the chargers for using an aluminum cup from our friends at Ball keeps your drink cold. Uh, and you know what? I love the way a cool aluminum cup fe- feels in my hands. But also, of course, aluminum as a, a material, it's infinitely recyclable. So when I'm done with this, I put it in the recycling bin, and it'll get used again and again and again. That's what's going on over at Ball, and they've got a plant over in Golden where they're focused on aluminum aluminum cup, aluminum can production. And they're looking for people to come help out. They're looking for production technicians to help at their plant in Golden. So if you want to find out more about that, go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Production techs work on the front line of the aluminum can production process at the plant in Golden. You you start with a wage of $27.39 per hour, potential for increase at 6 12 and 18 months. You get exposed to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities at the plant. You're going to work on the other stages of production, including making aluminum cans and ends. You make machine adjustments on high speed production equipment, and you're part of the production team in quality and goals for volume. And there's a the chance to move up to other positions. Many production techs become maintainers, and many employees at Ball who start as production techs have gone to other roles in operations and management. This is a full-time job with benefits, comprehensive insurance active on the day you're hired, 401k for retirement, stock ownership program, potential for an annual bonus. All of that is what you get for working for a great company like Ball. Zach's Aunt Julie, of course, loves working at Ball. And if you're looking for just something different in your career and you want something that's high-tech and part of doing of using materials that are good for the environment because aluminum is infinitely recyclable, check out the positions available at Ball. Go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. 
or text GOLDEN to 77222 to be unstoppable at ball, or dare I say be unstoppable. All right, guys, let's move on here into the questions. And We have a uh, in the super chat first, though, coming yep, in. Yep, I was going to say, and we'll, we'll start with the super chats here. Uh, Kale, what do we got for us? All right, from Luis. Howdy from Nevada, my boys. New listener, great show. Open up the checkbook, get Kellen Moore, and draft Carson Strong. Rest in paradise, DT. Um, completely agree on the last part there. Um, Kellen Moore, Carson Strong. Interesting. I, I mean... Mm. I uh, I have to say the the I am I like Kellen Moore uh, and I like his candidacy as a head coach. There's just something about firing a guy who mopped the floor with Kellen Moore and replacing him with Kellen Moore that I I think maybe shouldn't cloud your decision making process, but I think honestly might for the Broncos. It's it's one of those things that just might be a little too weird for them to do. You know, Vic would have the last laugh if that was the case, because not only would he get paid for not having to work this year, but then on top of that, he would say, ah, you guys just hired someone that I destroyed as well. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, Kellen Moore, and you guys could can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've noticed, his name has really cooled off here in the past Mm -hmm. couple of months. He was like... Yeah, exactly. He was the hottest name. Exactly. Yeah. When the Cowboys were what six and one going into that game. And since then, he's still going to get interviews. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he's still hired in this cycle. But I mean, he is really cooled off from being the young hot name to just another name in, in, in the circle. Can I tell you guys a story real quick, though? Yeah. Love stories. All right. Um, 40, 40. It was actually. So now we're in 2022. So 42 years ago, the Broncos in the regular season, played a team, the Dallas Cowboys, and wiped the floor with them. 41-20, blowout there in week two. That was the 1980 season. Broncos finished 8-8. Eight and eight. New ownership came in in the offseason, and Edgar Kaiser moved on from Red Miller. The coach, of course, he hired was Tom Landry. Or not Tom Landry, damn it, Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves worked under Tom Landry. Dan Reeves was Tom Landry's offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, just like Kellen Moore is right now. The moral of the story, don't get hung up on one individual result. Even if your team beat that coach's team when you're making a hire. I like it. The moral of the story. That's, ooh, I, I like see. that. But yes, but that's, but that's the thing. And it's funny, like Dan Reeves, of course, we're all thinking about him because he passed away uh, on New Year's Day, of course, at the age of 77. But if the Broncos had followed the logic of saying, oh, well, our previous coach beat a team led by Kel- where Kellen Moore was calling the plays, you never would have had Dan Reeves. And I think Reeves turned yeah. out all right. I mean, a lot of times, you know, um, extrapolating results out and using those to make decisions can hurt you. Um, but a lot of times it can also just cloud your judgment. And, yeah. and that's what I'm worried about here. You know, like I think the main reason the Broncos didn't like Josh Allen was because of Paxton Lynch. Um, that That's not right, but you know, you see similar traits and you see similar level of football and all of a sudden you start to, you know, tremble a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I also really like Carson strong. We'll see what happens with the knee. Um, that's going to be the most important part for him. If it weren't for the knee, do you guys think he'd be QB1? <sighs> I don't know. It's tough to say. The arm strength is just is 
it's going to make someone drool somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's, I mean, one thing you like is that Jay Norvell as a coach puts a lot on the quarterback's plate when he in the college in the college ranks with that scheme. And it's one reason why I think uh, Strong's pretty well prepared for what he's going to see at the next level. There's a lot of there's a lot of pre-snap responsibility on the quarterback in what Norvell does. So one of the it's going to be I don't know if I don't know if Ryan will allow good talk about Jay Norvell on this podcast, Mace. You better watch yourself. I, hey. I, I'm an air raid guy. I can't hate. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, is there another super chat, or can we move on? Uh, we yeah, we we got to the other one earlier in the podcast, yeah, the one it. from uh, Alex, I believe. Well, then let's get to this question yeah. from Dan Burke. Of course, because Alex talked about our espresso shots. Right. You can uh, leave your comments for us by becoming a member at the DNVR.com. And then you don't have to leave a super chat. You can just leave it here in the comments. First one's from Dan Burke, who says, hey, guys, I'm not sure if you all remember, but I was talking about Doug Peterson as the Broncos next coach the second he got fired in Philly. Brought it up a few times last season, so it's good to see that start to gain traction now. That's definitely the route I'd like to go, and I think it makes a ton of sense for the, where the Broncos are as a team. I saw Charles Robinson say something interesting the other day. He was talking about Dan Quinn pulling his name out of the Jacksonville search and said he expects Jerry to make him the highest-paid DC in hopes of keeping him around. If that's the case, the figure of what Jerry can pay his coordinators and what the Broncos can pay their head coach is probably in the same ballpark. I know people are theorizing that Dan Quinn – just didn't like the Jacksonville job, but isn't it equally likely that he's not itching to be a head coach again because he knows that Jerry will pay the big bucks and he can stay in his lane as DC. Well, guys, I have a quick question. Uh, I I thought that Dan Quinn just said he wasn't going to interview um, until his team's out of the playoffs or until the regular season's over. I I don't, unless I missed it, did he officially take himself out of the running? Because I think the initial report was that, but then I think it came out later that uh, it was just him, him wanting to, to kind of respect where the Cowboys were in their season. I didn't hear. So I'll, uh, I'll lean towards what you're saying there. Um, I don't like in the end, all, not all of these guys, most of these guys have egos course they want to be head coach they want to be the head man they want to make the decisions they want to be the one in the meetings with the general manager about personnel there's probably a few people wade phillips being one who was a head coach and then decided you know what i don't think i am a a good head coach um i'll just be a defensive coordinator and be damn good at it for the rest of my career that's a real big rarity um, and, you know, he was obviously self-deprecating about it in the end, saying, like, yeah, I sucked at a he- head coach or whatever. Um, but it's – it's I, I don't think there's a scenario where Dan Quinn would rather make a similar figure in Dallas as the defensive coordinator than be a head coach again. I also just don't think that the salaries – now, Jerry could end up paying him as much as a head coach, but I don't think the salaries for even the, t- the highest-paid defensive coordinator would, would compete uh, or be the same as, as, a, as a head coach. I mean, what are we talking, like uh, a million, a million and a half for uh, high, the highest-paid defensive coordinator? I mean, I, I don't think it's much more than that unless, unless you guys can correct me. And for a head coach, isn't it? almost a minimum of four or five million. Yeah, typically, but there are, there are a few handful, handful of coordinators who are getting like two and a half, who are getting like two and a half, three million. Like Vic Fangio was getting very, very paid very well in Chicago. 
for example. But still, I mean, we're, we're talking about a million to a million right. and a half dollar difference. That, that's a lot of money, especially when you're not talking about like a Tom, uh, a Tom Brady, where we're talking about him taking a pay cut for 25 million instead of 30. You know, it's still 25 million. But w when you're talking about just three and four million dollars, that is a big difference. It is. I think the thing is, though, the there's the assumption that Jerry Jones is just going to write the, the check and say, OK, uh, all right. All right, Dan, what do you want? And if Dan says, right. Dan Quinn says six and a half million dollars, that Jerry be like, okay, <laughs> fine, fine. Yeah, but I that, mean, man, it, it, it's, Jerry it's, Jones. Yeah. What's the difference? If you're talking about, uh, I mean, name an owner that is more frugal or budget conscious. I mean, you can just kind of, I don't want to like pick on, uh, on one specific owner, but there are a lot of owners that would say, uh, you know what? Uh, I wish you all the best, but then Jerry Jones would, Probably because of the re the insane revenue streams coming into the cowboy organization is going to be more likely to say, all right, fine, here you go. I'll just and I'll just have my McGriddle. <laughs> all right, next Chico, one from, from yeah. <laughs> from Chico Bean says, do you guys still see us targeting a big quarterback for next year, or do you think we are drafting one? Mm. Plan A is still a big quarterback, and it will be until that plan has exhausted itself. Uh huh. That's and plan you know, A. The good thing about that is, is you get to do plan A before you even have to execute plan B. So you'll know if plan A is going to work or not before you have to draft one. Right. I mean, we're going to obviously, as the unless they get a, a something done early, like the like the Rams did for Matthew Stafford agreeing to the trading January we're going to probably be detailing how the Broncos are doing fairly intense due diligence on all, on all these potential first round quarterbacks. We know George Payton has seen a bunch of them in person. He'll certainly see more and talk to more over the next uh, several weeks, senior bowl into the combine, uh, et cetera. But that you, they'll do that to gather information just in case plan a doesn't work. All right. Next one's from Hawkeye Bronco. Hey guys. I'm just wondering what the criteria, if there is one, that the NFL has to move games due to COVID. They just moved two games for teams, but once again, we're not inclined to move the Broncos. To be clear, I don't think it would have mattered. Just wondering what the difference between the Broncos situation was compared to other teams. Also, finally, Noah Fant playing like a top 20 pick. Great to see. Yeah, it is really good to see. And in terms of the COVID, don't expect any other games to be moved. Um, with those, that was that's why the Bron or that's why the NFL changed. Uh, their systems for COVID and their rules and protocols was so that they didn't have to move any more games because they had to move those two games. And they said, we do not want to do that again. Uh, so I do not expect any other games to be moved. Right. All right. Okay. Looks like I looks like I nailed that one. Yeah. <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah. We're not right on your head. Good answer, Zach. I mean, I, you explained everything. Thank All right. Next you. one Blue from. There you go. Ludrock says, hey, guys, two quick questions for you. First one, Mace. I know he likes to keep in touch with things back in Blighty. Uh, has he watched any of the darts this Christmas? It was superb as always, and some of those shirts will give his Puma gear a run for its money. Did not catch any of the darts over the holidays. I'm sorry. Oh, bummer. Uh, second question for y'all. Do you think there's a chance that Vic stays because Peyton wants to let Rodgers or Wilson be involved in hiring the next head coach? Cheers, Charlie. Interesting. Um, I mean, no. Uh, oh, 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 I see. Like after this year, um, he wants them to. Uh, 
No, I don't think you can plan on that. And that's kind of the conversations that we've had with Nathaniel Hackett. Would you hire Nathaniel Hackett if it gave you a chance, a better chance to get Aaron Rodgers in a dream world? Sure. But realistically, you can't plan on that. So you have to hire Nathaniel Hackett uh, with that being kind of a bonus of maybe he'll help me get Aaron Rodgers. But with the understanding of I really like this guy, this is who I want. And then there's a nice bonus with it. So, no, I, I don't think you can you can approach it like that. Here's one thing that I think we need to remember, though, guys. I don't think you would approach it this way of letting one of those guys help hire the next head coach. But we just talked about how Jerry Jones has an unlimited, uh, you know, supply of money for his coaching staff. Well, the Broncos are not in that position right now. And in fact, they're in the opposite of that position. They don't, you know, they aren't going to be able to just say like, hey, we really want Doug Peterson. So we'll give him 10 years, 100 mil. Um they there might be some incentive for the Broncos to say we should wait until we have an owner before we hire our next head coach. So we have a bigger pool of money, not only for the head coach hire, but for his coordinators. Heck, you know, everyone wants to talk about the dream scenario of Vic Fangio staying around as defensive coordinator. Let me reiterate that I think there is a zero 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 one percent chance that that could happen. But heck. You offer him five mil a year, six mil a year to do it, you might have a chance. There's no way the Broncos could do that in their current standing. There is a scenario where they could pay just back up whatever they want for their great head uh, for their great head coach and staff with the right owner. Yeah, one thing one question I do have, like in regards to owner though. If the Broncos did not have this looming ownership transition. Do you think we will be talking about the possibility of Vic Fangio coming back next year? No, no. Yeah, that again. I mean, that's kind of, and that's kind of what it gets gets down to. The thing that could save him is all the uncertainty right now. In normal circumstance, you'd be moving on. Yep. Yep. I exactly. Agree. And speaking of moving on, next one from Bronk Euler says, "Question, fellas. I know there's a significant desire to have a youth movement in our coaching staff, but how would you guys feel about Jim Caldwell as head coach with Mike Zimmer as defensive coordinator? Also, any ideas of who may be offensive coordinator if Caldwell were the pick? Quinn seems to be the in or Quinn seems to be the insider's favorite, but Caldwell makes a lot of sense to me if I'm looking at through Peyton's lenses. Man, I'm." I mean, guys, we talked about this before uh, before the show started. I don't think any of us want Mike Zimmer to be the head coach, uh, but man, his his comments recently, especially yesterday about Kellen Moore, he went up in my book on uh, mm-hmm. yes, Kellen Mond about about a guy just to have around for for who he is and, and what he brings. But as a defensive coordinator, I could absolutely see that happening um especially if you bring in a young offensive coach to be your head coach and and deal with the Mm -hmm. offense I could absolutely see Mike Zimmer being a defensive guy uh I think George Payton would absolutely love that I do have to mention the Vikings have the 31st ranked defense right now though yeah that of course you imagine Zimmer would be a little bit more involved because I mean Zimmer does Zimmer does have uh, a staff, of course. He's actually got co-defensive coordinators. The problem is one of the co-defensive coordinators is his son. Mm, it, it, yeah, I wonder how he got that job. Yeah, Kalin Collar has a great article on nepotism that she that she just put out there, and you can find that thing at defector.com on nepotism in coaching staffs right now. And a lot of it focuses on the Minnesota Vikings because, of course, you <laughs> literally. Ass. 
<laughs> yeah, you have the Kubiaks and you have the Zimmers on the staff. And what's interesting, of course, if you know Gary Kubiak was here and you go back like 15, 18 years, and one of the big issues with the Broncos when Kubiak and Shanahan were here was that you had nepotism. You had two Slowicks on the staff. You, you had Jim Goodman who was the VP of player personnel in 08 after Ted Sunquist got fired. Jim Goodman, his assistant GM, one of his two assistant GMs was his son. Another son was a scout. I mean, it's just crazy how they're just really qualified. Nice. Yeah. I it's, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of daffy. It's um, one of the things that I really respect about Vic Fangio is yes. he, he didn't back channel his way into the NFL. He, no earned his way into the NFL and it's so rare and it's why you see so many names repeating over and over again in NFL coaching circles. Cause how, if you wanted to be a, an NFL coach right now, where would you start? Obviously we have, a, you know, um, more connections maybe than, than the average person, mm-hmm. but the average person who loves football and is a great football mind would have no idea where to begin. And what what do you start at the high school ranks and then and then what? How do you get noticed there? How do you get how do you get a college job? How do you get noticed at that D3 school? It's almost impossible to crack your way into the NFL and you need so much to go your way and you need so many connections and obviously all of these kids who grew up in the NFL and their parents or in or coaches have an insane advantage over everyone else. And the thing is like the channel that Vic took Sat, it hasn't existed in a long time. And that was, he worked under Jim Mora with the Philadelphia slash Baltimore Stars in the USFL back in the early to mid-80s. And the Stars won a couple of titles, and New Orleans hadn't won anything. And, and they hired Jim Mora, the head coach of the Stars. And Mora said, I, I believe in my guys. And, and his assistants were, mo- like, you know, Fangio, for example, had coached high school ball, had been a graduate assistant at North Carolina. He had a lot of guys that were kind of college position coaches that Moore had brought in. And he basically said, I'm going to come down. I'm bringing most of my people to work with me. And, and so it's kind of sad that you had all, all these coaches that got a shot because you had this other football league that became viable for a few years. And that was the, tur- turned out to be their entree in the NFL. And there were some great coaches like Dom Capers, you know, was on that staff and he was twice a head coach. And of course, Vic worked under him. Jim Skipper's running backs coach forever. Uh, Joe Marciano, a special teams coach forever. You had a lot of good coaches that came in that way that benefited from that channel that sadly, unless this USFL 2.0 starting next year or starting later this, this winter makes it hasn't existed in a long time. Yeah, uh, I'm distracted now at this point because I just saw someone suggest Adam Gase for offensive coordinator. Well, so. the funny thing <laughs> is I was about to mention Adam Gase because it, it was brought up in, in that in that comment. If Jim Caldwell were the pick, who would it be? Well, it would not be Adam Gase. I, I just want to assure you of that. But there was someone working on the Broncos staff at the time of Adam Gase who was Jim Caldwell's offensive coordinator and is somebody who Peyton Manning favors, and it's the unforgettable name, Jim Bob Cooter. Yes. Who I think would be, if Caldwell got back in his head coach, I think Jim Bob Cooter would, would be the likely OC. All yeah, time I mean, does, Adam Gaze has no track record of doing anything respectable without Peyton Manning by his side. I mean, I, I say the guy doesn't have a job now. I just say bring back Mike McCoy. Oh my God! What are you doing, Zach? 
I'm about to end this podcast. Uh, we've got two more questions here, so let's try to hit these quickly. From Endak Logan. Hey, guys, I can't see Peyton giving up on Vic. I heard yesterday that Vic has developed a lot of guys, and you're right, he has. Not only has he developed Peyton's guys, but he's also developed Elway's guys, which is more impressive. Elway was terrible in the draft and then fired the head coach because of his inability to find talent slash quarterback. Uh, he has developed a high percent of Peyton's players. This is a major reason why Vic will stay in town. Do you see this the same way? If not, please explain. Thanks, P.S. Thank you guys for taking action in Boulder. I have family that lives out there and is blessed that DNVR is helping out their community in every way possible. Of course, uh, you know, that's something that is obviously near and dear to our heart. Um, I do think that there's something to be said for George Payton looking down there and being like, man, I can just go get like Steven Weatherly and Vic Fangio will make him look respectable and Jonas Griffith and all these guys. And they, you know, like there's something to be said for that. There's also something to be said for three straight losing seasons in three years as a head coach. Yeah. Like, isn't there, isn't there something to be said about who has Vic Fangio done that with on the offensive side of the ball? And who has Mm. Vic Fangio done that with at the quarterback position more specifically? And, and that's just the thing that I keep falling back on is man, that you have to have offense. That's, that's the number one criteria in today's NFL. And Vic just does not, care you know he was brought here not to care about that John Elway said we're bringing him in here to get the to to keep the defense great and Vic in his third season is doing that and he's he's doing it with developing all the defensive guys uh so yes Vic has had his issues as a head coach obviously but Vic hasn't necessarily completely failed in his job he just was brought in to do kind of the wrong job yeah, and the other thing is, would some of that development uh, uh, could could you kind of can sustain that even if you kept some of the same position coaches? Like for example, on the defensive line, whether it's been Gary Kubiak or Vance Joseph or now Vic Fangio, the Broncos have usually maximized their guys. Well, the common thread is Bill Kolar. So, are you going to be able to kind of sustain that if you say find a way to keep Kolar, who we know is very well thought of around the around the league and uh, would. I think be an asset no matter who the head coach was. And the other thing is as a team that's kind of stepping back 35,000 foot level here. If they're so great at developing everybody, why did this team go three and nine against everyone who's better than four and 12 this year? Yeah. Yeah. The the, uh, last place schedule, which the Broncos will have, uh, the great luxury of having next year as well really helped them this year. And not only that, I mean, it's, it's the last play of schedule, plus you get Houston and Jacksonville because you're playing the AFC South. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Mace, to, to your question, though, it just goes back to mine. It's because they didn't have offense. It's because yeah. they didn't have the quarterback, and that's why everything just always comes back to the quarterback. It all comes back to the quarterback. All right, yeah. last one here from A. Ungerman, 491. Hey, friends. Well, it seems like most of us agree Fangio should not return his HC. Uh, but are worried about losing his defensive mind. Who should the Broncos be targeting for DC in 2022-23? Assuming we go with an offensive-minded head coach, which I know is far from a guarantee. Love the show. Keep it up. I mean, Mike Zimmer is just the name that makes so much sense. I mean, all indications are that George Payton's a big fan of him. He's going to be on the market. And then also, especially if you go with a young offensive mind, then you can kind of say, Mike Zimmer, you take over defense, young offensive-minded head coach, don't worry about the defense. He's got it under control. You worry about offense. Isn't this kind of the reverse of what happened um, 
with Vance Joseph when they said, okay, you're a young defensive mind, hire somebody to take care of the offense and who's experienced, who's been a head coach, and then you got Mike McCoy. So, I mean. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that makes so much sense. It, it does. Yeah. It, it, you you do want to have someone there, I think, to kind of show the ropes, but it's got to be the right someone. Now, let me ask you guys this. You know, we've heard some positive buzz about Christian Parker, the DB coach. Yeah. What would you think if they made, if changes were made, but they moved him up? Kind of like, could he make the Brandon Staley leap? Right. I don't know enough about him to really have a take on this. You would definitely be crossing your fingers that it's a Brandon Staley all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm definitely interested in it. The system is all over the NFL right now. You know, it, it, people love it. Um, I, I, it would be one of those things where we can talk about it on this podcast and say it's an interesting and, and potentially exciting hire. Um the other thing that you think about that was just brought up in the comments, and this will probably be our last little discussion here, uh, is where does Vic Fangio end up if he's not with the Broncos? Now, I don't think this would happen, but what if he ends up with the Chargers? What if oh, he boy. ends up with the Raiders, not as their head coach, as their defensive coordinator? I mean, it, That's it's what I very mean. easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said the Chargers. No, I just mean, but yeah, he could end up with the Chargers oh, yeah. as defensive coordinator, right. the Raiders as defensive coordinator. Um, yeah. that's, that's not going to be fun. That's not going to be fun because we've seen what he can do against Patrick Mahomes against Justin Herbert. He can really slow those guys down. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's maybe if you're rich Basaccia and you're trying to make a case to keep the job, if that might be that, that might be the card you play. If they fangio is available, man, that makes so much sense. Um, or honestly, the only one that doesn't make sense is the chiefs just cause they have Spagnolo and he's yeah, been they're really good successful for them. And <laughs> they're honest. Their main goal is being able to stop Brady probably in super bowls. Um, mm-hmm. and he's done that twice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the one that doesn't make sense, but man, either of those other two divisional teams would absolutely be looking at Vic Fangio. Staley makes less sense just because, you know, um, Vic, like Vic, would probably want to go to a place where he's the guy on the defense. But um, Staley might let him be the guy, though. Is the thing he might let him he's be the guy, but else. he goes working for him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a better chance of Vic going somewhere where they have an offensive-minded head coach, and they just say, "Hey, you run, you go run the defense." Yeah, and and speaking of these guys, we had a super chat come in under the wire from Gears, Gains, and Games. It says, is Huntley and Roman a combo we'd have interest in? No, no. Um, if you're going Roman, go Willis, in my opinion. Right. Um, right. Huntley, I, 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 that's just, the Broncos can't afford to go down that road mm-hmm. um, of, like, someone else's, you know, uh, leftovers. It just, it does. It's never worked for them. And and here's the thing about Huntley. He's been he's been really good for a backup. But he's been really good for a backup. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, sixty seven percent completion. Not bad. But he's not like lighting it up where you're like, holy cow, this is the guy we need. And but here's the thing: if Greg Roman comes in and says, 
that's the guy we need. Okay, then then you probably do that because he knows him better than anyone else. He might be like an option as a bridge. I mean, because you look you look at uh, for example Huntley. He doesn't he he's got a low yards per attempt. He's somebody who's kind of he's taking what's there when he's throwing the ball. He makes good decisions. I I wouldn't be opposed to the Roman Huntley pairing if you knew they were going to turn around and draft probably uh, Malik Willis, maybe uh, Matt Corral as well. I think uh, his skill set and the way he can take off would actually work very well with Greg Roman too. Yeah, absolutely. And if the Broncos do that and start scoring points, we can call them Roman numerals. Ooh. Um, and I think on that note. The, the, the headline writers, by the way, would have a field day with the last name Roman. I mean, right. you, they, they hire you're in Roman times when if you know when you celebrate, it's a Roman holiday. Right. When um, when there's a, a piece about how you need some time to get his system in Roman wasn't built in a day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then when he's fired, end of the Roman Empire. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Let's wow, be positive. Let's all... think of it. It's the Roman Empire because whoever hires him, the Broncos hire him, success comes. The new, the Roman, the Holy Roman Empire of Denver. I like it. Uh, yes. Well, we just went through like a whole coaching era of headlines. Right we there. did. Just like that. Uh, it was good. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone who chimed in in the chat and of course sent super chats. Um, thanks to Zach and Mace for another great conversation and we will catch you guys tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.
time.